Earth is the place that we humans call home. school seniors asking the big questions and treating history as a mystery. Coming to you from Mr. Scamba's big history class, this is the Big History Roundup. Okay, um, we just got back from, what was the name of the farm scene? Allsteed Farm. Allsteed Farm in Chester, New Jersey. Um, I'm here with Alex. I'm here with Alex, Cena. And uh, me, and we're just looking at some statistics for how much land um, the farm could feed if it was, like, you know, if it was, like, hunted by, like, hunter-gatherers, if they uh, used it. So it would be, you want to do this part? Yeah. All right, so from the information from Google, that we collected and from Allsteed Farms. Uh, it's about 372. So one hunter-gatherer needs 30 to 40 acres of land, like just to survive off food. And, and um, Allsteed has 250 different types of plants and fruits. And it has 372 acres of that. So that's like a lot and it just demonstrates how like how farming is an improvement over foraging because uh just off one farm it can provide enough food for like thousands of people if i did the math right obviously i think the uh, main takeaway from today was the amount of food the farm is able to produce and it's like the significance of it and all the benefits of it over foraging yeah. Yeah, I think that farming kind of relieves some of that stress, that everyday stress of thinking, where am I going to get my next meal from? You know where you're going to uh, be able to eat. You don't have to uh, travel to somewhere you haven't been before uh, that can be very risky. This is kind of like a controlled environment that gives you some extra comforts. Yeah, but farming is its own risk, though. Like, you could have like a bad harvest or a bad it's, rainy uh, season. It's a controlled. Right. Talk loud. Talk loud. Like, there's less variables than if you were just going out in the wild and trying to find food. Yeah, I guess. You're able to. You're like the weather and stuff like that is like you know something that's involved, but you kind of know what certain weather does to your crops. You know how to kind of get by on that. Yeah. It's like more predictable. <laughs> yeah. And even if you like don't have a good harvest. You can always just have leftovers from last year's. That's what they did at Alston, right? Crop rotation. They didn't monitor crop. That's what they did at Alston. So um, at the farm, they used a couple methods of sustainable farming. One of them is like crop rotation, where they'll switch out what they grow every year to make sure they're not using too much of one resource. Um, Only certain types of nutrients from the soil. Yeah. What does this one say, Sina? Sustainability methods. And they use uh, sustainable sustainability methods like compound and mulch and not like um, like pesticides and all that. 
like it's a better improvement. You know what I'm saying? Right. They just do what's right for the soil, and it just promotes like the longevity of soil by not draining it of nutrients. And um, all right, so Mr. Scamba wants to talk to us about a uh, locality and how local farms is a great improvement over like uh, like big like big farms in like South America or wherever. But um, I, th- I think I think well, apart from the fact that it like promotes small business and like the community, um, it's better because it's since it's locally grown, it's like more fresh, and they don't use as much chemicals, I assume. So that's true. So what else? What other impact does it have on the environment and the ecosystem um, if it if it comes from a farther Probably, distance? What other factors? You're not do you burning think about? Uh, like fuel for transportation to get it over here because it's right there. Because it's like, let's say if you're bringing in tomatoes from South America, they gotta drive it to a ship, which burns fuel, and then put that on a ship, which burns coal, and it's just all going into the air here. You can just come and get it. It's like well, it's 15 a, minutes away. It depends away. about, like, supply and demand. Because, like, in the winter, I want, like, summer fruits, like blueberries and strawberries. But you can't get that because it's winter. So what do they do? They plant those in South America where it's summer, and they just ship it over here. And it's just like just like the ones in summer. So it's just a um, consistent way to eat well, you, well, not what you need, but what you want. I guess. All right, chocolate milk. Do you want some stuff? Want to add? Yeah. I don't know. I think it covered what you bought there. So I was able to purchase uh, fresh chocolate milk. I was able to get fresh chocolate milk at this farm, which is a lot better than like a store-bought version because it's right directly from the source. Um, it definitely tastes better, richer, fuller, um, less. It's less ingredients, I'm assuming. Um, so that's definitely healthier for you. You want to eat the less ingredients, the better is a general way to look at it. So I think that's definitely a big perk of having a local farm. Uh, anything else to add at the end, Cedar? Yeah, um, I bought Hawaiian punch licorice and also kettle corn chips. But that's not really grown in the farm. It's just like processed food. It's kind of like junk food, but I still liked it. And I was going to get apple cider donuts because I tasted I tasted the ones that Jack bought, and they are delicious. And um, we had a lot of apple cider. I think I had like five cups, and it tasted pretty good, which came from the farm. Yeah. Had no added preservatives, no added sugar, right? It was all natural. That's right. No added sugar. Um, okay, thank you.